My name is Fraser. My name is Mark. And we are the hosts of the Geekiest Show Alive. To the outside world, we're ordinary geeks. But in the Fab International Studios, we talk comics and find other geeks just like us. This is Geek of the Week. Welcome to Geek of the Week. You're on issue 28 with your regular host, Fraser and Mark. I'm Fraser. And I'm Mark. Now, Tommy Wiseau has been given, been told to sit in the naughty corner, so I'm going to do it. Oh, hi, Mark. Hello. Did you appreciate that? I will edit it so it is Tommy Wiseau doing it, but for the moment, he's having a timeout. So. We had a naughty word on the show last week. Yes, apologies. And we also talked a lot about sex. So We did, but we at least warned people about that. Yeah, exactly. And, uh... Yeah, but this week it's going to be a bit more clean. We're keeping this uh, sugar honey iced tea PG. It was kind of PG last yeah, it was week. Kind of, yeah, it's still kind of PG. Yeah, they allow PG they allow, thirteen. Maybe. They allow some of it. Didn't they? Yeah, twelve A. Yeah, yeah. We were, were maybe twelve A last week. Might Sorry, to, <laughs> you might have to ask your parents and be like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. Don't worry, we'll just skip over this." Or they're just like, "Ah, they've heard worse on the internet," which is kind of true. Probably seen worse as well. Oh. The internet. It's a scary place. But this, but, this, scary, but this is a safe place, especially um, if you're a nerd, geek, um, comic book fan who hasn't managed to see Endgame yet because we're going to be completely... We're, we're doing something bold here. We're not going to talk about Endgame. We're going to leave people a week. Mark has seen it. I have seen it. He's yeah. itching to uh I'm going to say a few it. bits, but absolutely no spoilers. No, no. I'm going to um, put you off. No, I will mute you. Before we start the I show, want you to. before we start the show, I I just want to apologise if I sound a bit weird. Um, I uh, I've had some surgery on my mouth, on my wisdom tooth, and um, it means I'm slurring and I'm lisping and I'm in an incredible amount of pain. And um, yeah, so I'm probably really grumpy as well and addled on painkillers. So. Probably best we're not talking about in-game then. If I'm not on my usual self, then I apologise. But I just want to say, I speak for all the geeks. I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Yeah. Because um, otherwise it would have been like Infinity War. You would have faded and so, I would have cried. So when you've got this particular issue with your mouth, um, you're on the liquid diet. So remember how we spent a long time talking about weeing when uh, <laughs> oh, we yeah, were talking we're about in-game being three hours? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I had to waddle to the toilet <laughs> after Endgame. It was, it was horrendous. I the the second the credits hit, I waddled to the toilet, did half the wee I needed, and went back to make sure I didn't miss any of the uh, the hidden scenes. See, that is commitment, commitment to the fullest, and I it appreci- hurt. I appreciate that. It hurt my the bladder. Su- the suffering, <laughs> suffering for the Endgame. You should you should post that story all around. I'm sure people would be like. Oh. Got to support this guy. Do you know what else I've seen before you as well? Oh, go on. The Star Wars trailer at the cinema rather than on a oh, on a computer. You mean? And it was pretty special. A computer screen, um, (laughs) a computer screen in an airport chapel. Exactly. (laughs) But it was it. It looks epic on the. Oh, I imagine. I imagine I'm just going to get chills. It's going to be a a great overall experience seeing that trailer and then watching Endgame. Like, oh. We should probably play the news theme because we've already started talking about the news. Well, we'll we'll preview the show. Um, we're gonna actually. We are gonna. River news is back. Ugh, it's not a word. Reviewing the news. It's a word. We're saying it. But we're not. People. Doing, are we are it. doing a review. We're doing a review of Hellboy. We're doing a review of Hellboy. Um, 
We're also doing part one of a review of the extras, Blu-ray, Blu-ray extras of um, Into the Spider-Verse. We got the Blu-ray um, this week, it just came out, and we had a look at half, only half of the uh, extras, because there's so many extras. Um, we'll talk more about which extras we saw um, this week, and we'll talk more about, um, maybe not next week, because if we're talking about Endgame, I imagine that could possibly take up the whole two-hour show. No ring but, <laughs> but we will find another time for the part two. Um, so you got that to look forward to. On pull or pass, I'm very excited for Mark because we Ascender finally came. It did. It ascended. It did. And we're talking about that. We're talking about a book related to Endgame. It's the new Thanos book. And we're also talking about one that sounds really cool and seems right on Mark. Ali is Punk Mambo. So that's uh, you got to look forward to that. And on trade off this week, I gave Mark a book and it's going to be Earth 2 by DC and finally the fourth segment this week is going to be messages from the multiverse we reached out a question to all you fellow geeks and you know you chimed back in we'll go more on that when it's the fourth segment and if we make the fourth segment this if we week, make the fourth segment, I feel like yeah. we should do now let's get this show on the roll with the news So, you know with the sounds of J. Jonah Jameson, it's time for the news on Geek of the Week. And it's Revenues! Revenues. Revenues is I'm not going to be doing any of the Rever part for help, <laughs> for, for Endgame. No. No, I'm not. No, no, no. But the, uh, when I went to the cinema, it looked so weird. You, I looked at the, at the screen... Oh, BT Dub, this is a completely end game. If you listen it to is, it, end is, game is. safe zone. I promise. Look, you can safe trust you, zone. Honestly, you can trust me. Safe but zone. When you get there to get your tickets, there was like the 15 screens with the LCDs. Yeah. And there were five other films, and the other 10 were end game, end game, end game, end game, end game. End game. And it just looked odd. It yeah. looked odd. Yeah, when I was working at uh, when I was working at Cineworld, we had it with um, we had it with a few. It was Force Awakens. Every screen we had fourteen screens, including IMAX. All of them were Star Wars at one point. It was mental. Here's a tip for you: if um, if you live in Manchester and you um, and you can afford it, go to the Trafford Centre. I went to the Trafford Centre in the daytime. Um, and there was plenty of space because it's a, it's so it a, expensive, it a, isn't it? Yeah, it was a two p.m. showing, and um, it, we had plenty of space, and all the seats weren't taken. I'm not particularly worried about that because you'd think you might be worried about that because why weren't all the seats taken? It's the second day after it came out, but um, it was midday at the most expensive cinema similar. in Manchester. Yeah. Um, but if you are in Manchester, do that because Manchester's reasonably quite cheap. Like if you've got limitless, like Mark and I, Trafford Centre. We always tend to go to Trafford Centre because we know we're almost guaranteed a seat, and also it makes limitless worth it because legit. Like if you watch one film there, well, that's was... more than half your limitless membership well, it, it, there. It was free for me, obviously, because limitless. Yeah. But it was fourteen quid to go and see Ooh. to go and see Endgame. I'm surprised they didn't put a blockbuster, like, oh, it's a blockbuster film, so I don't know, another five or something. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. probably did, to be fair. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so go go to the Trafford Centre if you can. And, I mean, obviously, I don't know the geography of other places, but if you've got some, if you've got an expensive cinema that no one goes to, go to that one. <laughs> uh, if you get it cheap as well, 
like a cine world or something like that if you've got a membership that's why these memberships i feel like are worth it like um I feel like if the only Odin we had in Manchester was the one where AMC used to be, like in the middle city centre. If you if you don't know Manchester, this is all white noise to you, but like it's, you can sort of relate to your own cinema. But there, it's like five pounds, six pounds, most expensive one. Like if it was just that, if that was the only Odin, I probably wouldn't have Limitless. But because Trafford Centre's there, and like you say, you can do this. Trafford Centre is more convenient to me. You can I, do. I drive everywhere, but you, you I can do tactical screenings. I would never go if um, oh, no, if sorry. I had to actually pay the full amount. I sometimes like I like to use my limitless to sort of like treat either my friends or like ma- mostly my family as well because you know folks put up with a lot of um, stuff with me so I'm just like I'm just, I feel like I'm just a nuisance all the time. That's not true. So um, I always treat them to the cinema and stuff like that, and then when I pay for them, I'm like, Oof. and sometimes like my dad gets senior, and I'm like, Oof. Oof. how could he afford this if he? If it... Um, how can I afford this? I don't think I can. Dad, we're going to it. Uh, we're going to town. Um, but yeah, we sort of tangent tornado in a way. Um, we're going to... Actually, the revenues is on Hellboy, which you can probably watch at any screen because it's going to be relatively quiet. <laughs> it it wasn't there when I went to see Endgame. Was it not? No. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's in trouble, fair. isn't it? Yeah. It's in real trouble. And um, the reality is... Because the Rotten Tomatoes score and all the other um, bad hate online, I was expecting it to be absolutely unsalvageably bad. Yeah, yeah. You always get that, don't you? It It wasn't. It wasn't. It was fine. Yeah. I think that fine is a good good word to to say. I wouldn't watch it again. No, I wouldn't go any further than fine. It was... It wasn't astronomically unwatchably bad. It was it was fine. <laughs> I think what it suffers from is um, the previous two. Like the previous two told a similar story, but almost told the story better. The effects, in a way, were probably better, and it just yeah, it's that thing of you sort of got to live up to that. And I think that's why it got a lot of heat from the fans of the original Hellboys, and then critically. I think that was the problem with the Del Toro Hellboy's yeah. legacy. It was so culty and so critically acclaimed. Not necessarily particularly financially good, financially yeah. sound, but it, they were loved and well regarded and really culty. And uh, <laughs> saying that word when you've got a uh, lisp is about <laughs> um, but the, the, close the, call. Well, maybe not PG anymore. <laughs> the thing about culty stuff is. The fans are so loyal that they will resist anything and they'll be vitriolic to anything. So if you're doing a reboot, you have to absolutely bring your A-game and it has to be something very, very special, not something below average. Yeah. So I think it's been unfairly smacked around a bit. For sure, yeah. But it wasn't good. And it, it was brave to do a reboot, but it was ultimately pretty foolhardy yeah i think the um the the thing this film suffered from as well is um less so than i felt with suicide squad was it was hard to find the story if that makes sense and the story story felt a bit rushed and now it definitely felt rushed apparently there's been there was some like you know scripting issues and stuff like that and you know the studio were taking control and that typical stuff they say when a film doesn't do as well as uh it um it usually does like it was expected to. Now for this, I can sort of see it making sense. Sometimes people just use it as a bit of an excuse, but this does just sort of remind me like Suicide Squad, fan, fan four stick. 
uh, Fantastic Four, the most recent one. But I wouldn't say it's as bad as them for me. Anyway, I really, I really enjoyed some elements of it. Some of it was really wacky. I like, uh, I think I pointed out too. As soon as we done thingy, I was like, the fight scene. Oh, potential spoilers ahead, by the way. Um, if you've not seen it, oh, yeah, um, there was a fight. Yeah, you just not spoil them much. Don't worry. Um, there's a fight scene with these giants and stuff like that, and the way the action set pieces set up like the way the camera moves with Hellboy and it gets you around it I really found that immersive and I really enjoyed that and I was like oh like as a film student it's like oh the way they're moving the camera here is amazing but then also it's like oh but that CGI is kind of bad <laughs> there, was, there was some great fight scenes and the um, and the the demons were really cool yeah and- and how the hell was this not an 18 what does a film have to, to do, do to be an 18 oh my goodness I was uh, now everyone knows you, I'm a you bit were of a Freddy cat. Oh no! You were hilarious. If we had a reaction cam, I think it would have uh, would have entertained a few of you fellow did, geeks. Did, did you wee? No. <laughs> you, at one point, I thought you were going to wet yourself. I winced a lot. Also. It was no. it was graphic, really graphic. And what do you have to do to achieve to achieve an eighteen? Is it just swearing? Because there wasn't that much swearing in it. No, well, I'm trying to think because... But what do you Dead- have to do? Deadpool was a 15 as well, and it's... Which is ridiculous. There was a penis in that. <laughs> it's a small one as well. Burnt, burnt, scabby Deadpool penis, and it didn't get an 18. I mean, ridiculous. I think it's 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 just one of them, isn't it? Like, um, I'm trying to think of recent 18s that have come out, and it's... I think the British... The British censorships are just like, ah, 15, it's fine. Our kids are a bit messed up anyway. There's the internet. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe ratings will just go our from... Kids are, our kids are more clued up than yeah. I was when I was that age. It's true. I think instead of ratings, they might just do, um, what level of internet are you? Have you seen this on the internet? Then you find someone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is going to potentially be a tangent tornado, so get the um, whatever you do to stop a tornado um, ready. You can't stop a tornado. All right, then you can't stop this. I'm sorry, guys. Girls, geeks of all kind. But um, the trailers for the... I was like, they were all horror, mostly horror ones. And I was like, oh, I forgot about this part. And I was just... I was so loud, and I wanted to apologise to almost everyone who was in that screening, which was about ten people. There weren't many people. Including Mark. Um, so I did apologise to Mark, but I was just to, like... To be fair, I was enjoying it. I was like, no! Oh, God, no! Stop it! Turn away! Why? Why? <laughs> and then it didn't stop in the film either. I was like, oh, it's just more of this comic book stuff. And then I was like, oh, no, yeah, this is mostly horror-based and stuff like that. And so some of the stuff was just... So graphic, ripping and the heads off, and I liked I mean, that they didn't shy away from the gore because no, Hellboy that is, is a Hellboy, gory yeah. look, and that's good. That, and I, that's a very positive part of the film. Yeah, I knew that coming in, and I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was some fun action. There was some over the top use of weaponry, and but it, did, there was some fun in this film. Yeah, and I enjoyed. You know what? When we first talked about the trailer, I was worried about the comedy in this, but. It really worked in the film. I guess it's it's similar to like you wish is am where's like the trailer sort of like the humour in that you were like, uh but then when you watch the film it was It it wasn't funny. It was yeah. quite funny. Yeah. It was it wasn't cringe. It, it I, I thought it was gonna be cringe because yeah, of all cringe the hate humor. online. It, 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 I thought it that from the first trailer great. as well. It wasn't great. Um I I think I think the level of funny of Hellboy was better than I expected. In the same way that the level of funny in Shazam was better than I expected. Neither of them were roll on the floor laughing yeah. funny for me, but they were both 
above slight uh, around Wh- average, slightly pleasant surprise. Funny. Which did you find funnier? Hellboy. It's more. Ah, humor. Not my kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, more that that's that's not a judgment on Shazam per se. I was always <laughs> going to find the 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 humor in Shazam mostly puerile. But, but, but we're not talking about Shazam, but it was a significantly less puerile than I was expecting it to be, that film. So that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> but that, so was this, because of all the absolute kickings that Hellboy had had, it wasn't dire. No, I think I think the humour in this added um, character to it, if that makes sense, or added to the character of Hellboy. What did you think of David Harbour um, as Hellboy? He's got that shadow of that chin of Ron Perlman. Honestly, I think... I think David Harbour and Ian McShane did a very, very good job with yeah. what they were given. They were, they were given a petulant Hellboy and a grumpy broom. And <laughs> those aren't really... They're not really how I see my Hellboy and my broom. They've got two superb actors to perform some bad scripts. Yeah. And thank goodness they got superb actors, otherwise it would have been a bad film. Yeah, I think... Harbour knocked it out of the park with Hellboy. I thought it was... In, he, no, it was he knocked it out of the park as much as he could with that bad script. But, okay, it was a bad delivery, and he whacked it quite yeah. far. And got a home run, but didn't get, like... It wasn't, yeah. oh, out the stands. The same goes for Ian Baseball. McShane as well. But Ian McShane could polish a poo and yeah. make it good. Yeah, I, see, this is why... I sort of want to see David Harbour and Ian McShane with a better script, maybe, or, like... You aren't going to see that. This film has not done well. No, no. No, th- th- this is not going to get a sequel. I don't, and I think one of the things it's... Uh, you mentioned it with it not being in cinema now is it put itself in a really bad place in between Shazam and in Endgame. Like, what are you playing? Like, like you just... It's almost even like they put it, it there, isn't it? To, for an excuse. To hide it, it yeah, or, flip, or like slip it in. Yeah, that make, I mean, that would kind of make sense. But it's one of them of like... Why would you not put it in somewhere where it's dead and it's got no almost no competition? Then it's like, even if it's bad, people are still like, yeah, but there's nothing else out. Yeah. Whereas like now it's like, no, no. if, if you, I want a superhero, if you can afford it, to go to a cin- to the cinema this month <laughs> once, are you going to go and see Endgame or are you going to go and see Hellboy? It yeah, really is. Even if Hellboy had been the best version of Hellboy it possibly could, you'd go and see Endgame. It. It beggars belief when they released it. Just yeah, it's people just... were still watching Captain Marvel. Seriously, oh, that's. I mean, I guess it would make sense, sort of leading into. Yeah, uh... the, the, there were more people watching Captain Marvel the week that Hellboy came out than Hellboy. It's it says quite a bit, doesn't it? Really? It's almost. I think to some extent they realised they'd got a lame duck and they put it there deliberately, yeah. so that they could then blame it on. Well, we put it out at the wrong time. Blah 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 blah. And it's just like, well, why did you do that then? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's it, just... I don't think I'll bother getting it on DVD, but I wasn't as disappointed as I expected to be. Yeah, because we were really like sort of like before the before the um, credits even started, well, the credits don't start anymore, do they? Before the film started, we were both like, oh, we were bracing ourselves. We were, yeah, we that's maybe for t- putting it bracing maybe, maybe for two different reasons. I was you know still on edge after the horror, and I was like, oh, it's going to be more of this, and you were bracing yourself for, oh, how badly am I going to be disappointed? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And we both ended up okay. I got over the horror, and Mark, you know, got a fine film. Going back very briefly, going back to the actors again. Another couple of great actors that it's worth mentioning were Daniel Day Kim and Mila Jovovic. Yeah, for sure. Um, With English accents. 
and Daniel Day Kim's accent didn't suck. You'd think in a film that's been smacked around yeah. that the English accent would be rather overly done English. Yeah, you and, could sort uh, of tell it wasn't his accent, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't awful. It wasn't again. Um, parent trap. They, 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 they were they were handed a rotten lemon and made the best lemonade that they could with it. But the reality is, Milia Vovic's a great actor and she's hot, and she was given a shallow part, like yeah. really shallow part. And Daniel I... Day Kim's a great actor and he's hot, but he was made ugly, and his big reveal that wasn't even that big was no, wasn't that big. And then his powers were naff, and he didn't do very much. Mm-hmm. And it, it just felt... The whole film, particularly the ending, felt anticlimactic. Yeah, it was weird as well. I felt... Um, I was more interested in the um, boar-pig-type villain than the actual villain we had, and I was like more into their story, like their connection with Hellboy. Because but it was I got, so damn simple, that plot. But I got, I got... Well, that was the thing, I think, like... That's what it needed, and it was more. It was more related to Hellboy, if that makes sense. Like the big whole thing of all the prophecy and all that, and like this woman being thing. I was like, okay, that's a cool thing to start off with. But then the more and more we got into the boars, uh, the pigs, like story, I was like, actually, he's a bit more connected to our main character than this is. And then it was like, then there was two sort of villains. Then they were sort of working together, and I was like. And then you're like, okay, so we're gonna get this big ending, and then it just sort of was like, oh, I've got. You know, they wanted that, you know, iconic shot of the flamed crown and the flame sword. They got that for, like, two minutes and then stopped. It's like Batman vs Superman. It's like they were fighting for two minutes and then yeah. that's what you got. You got Hellboy for two minutes and it was like... It almost felt like they found a way to put that in the film so that they could put it in, in the trailer. trailers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get you to yeah. buy the tickets. But, yeah, any more final thoughts on Hellboy? Um... Yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to see Hellboy at the cinema for a long time because of this film. And that's kind of sad. Oh, the character, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We thought we were... I mean, I'm just... I don't know if this dampens or... I mean, they they, they, they had a, the hope... hidden, a hidden scene for a, a sequel. Oh, Who yeah. Not yeah, they set up quite a bit for sequel stuff. And, you know, films have done it in the past, Green Lantern... Rip, um, man from Uncle and stuff like that. And it's we, I, I think we're going to see Green Lantern relatively soon. You know, yeah. I think the DCU probably needs the Green, Green Lantern. Yeah, there's a Green Lantern corpse film that's been up in the air. Do you get because of space well, for a, yeah. for a long time? So yeah, that would be cool to see. But yeah, Hellboy, more Hellboy stuff. Maybe not unless no. unless Del Toro and um, Ron Perlman are like, nah, we're funding our own third one. We're going to show you how it's done. Well, and you know what? With, stranger things have happened. Uh, and with the cult um, fandom that they've got, they could even get like a Kickstarter going or something. Or, but I can't imagine them two doing Kickstarter. It'd be no. Bad. It'd be highly successful, but... Yeah, can't really see them doing it. Mm. Now, the second part of the news and the revenues... That's not it, a word. <laughs> revenues. It's happening. We said it. It's on air. No, you, you said it. You said I it. I have so. never said it. Never said what? <sighs> How old are you? <laughs> Let's not get into that. A child at heart and at brain. Um, yeah, we. so I forgot what we were doing then. Into the Spider-Verse, the DVD and Blu-ray came out um, this past week. 
and we looked at some of the extras. Not the all. Blu-ray's got many, many it's got extras. A load of extras, and it's got this cool thing that we're going to talk about next time. It's an alternative universe mode, so we- you watch the whole film, but you can pick different options. We, we we haven't watched that and we so were we like wow that that's yet. a lot so that's going to be coming probably not next week because event the end game uh, review it'll probably come the week after probably definitely maybe um, that's if you've seen Endgame by then oh yeah I totally would have I'm seeing it literally the an hour after this goes out uh, an hour when this finishes right. I'll be I'll be watching Endgame so don't you worry so after you've listened to this live or if you listen to this on Mitch's card I would have been emotionally broken uh, broken apart you don't know that oh no I can I've, just, I've not I've not spoiled anything I can so just, you don't know if it emotionally I just, broke I just, me I just know you don't know if how it, I felt about the if film if anything was like Infinity War I could have thought it was bad I know which I d- like it's one of them it's really bad and it's it's maybe not a great show to bring up but the Big Bang Theory they did this there was this scene once where um, Stuart the comic book owner goes to um, Sheldon and he, he gives him the book and he goes oh this will blow your socks off it's like thanks for that now I'm like and he like does a whole thing goes like I I'm gonna be like oh, uh, yeah he like makes a big deal about that being a spoiler and I was a bit like I was joking with you I was like yeah basically if you say anything about the um, end game it's probably gonna be like that for me <laughs> I mean right here's the thing I saw end game on the um, Thursday after it was released at midnight on Wednesday technically at one minute past midnight on the Thursday and it felt like my whole Facebook feed I've seen it at midnight. It by two I know, clock, right? Two it was madness. Literally, there was, there was one guy. He'd watched it twice before I'd seen it, and I saw it at two p.m. on <laughs> Thursday. See, that's the level of commitment I wanted. But, but I've made a pact with uni friends, so it feels like friendship. the whole world has seen Endgame. I know. Within a day, and like I say, the cinema reflects that. All the screens, bar one little showing of Shazam and one little showing yeah. of some. Chick flick. Am I allowed to say chick flick? Is that... Oh, is it Little? Oh, I is that No, I mean, is the film called Little? Maybe. Right. I saw that. Um, <laughs> but it is a phenomenon There's that you always get that, that you... It, it's confirmation bias, isn't it? If you haven't seen something you really want to see, someone else will have seen it, and then someone else will have seen it, and it feels like the world's seen it. But yep. for this one... I think it's actually true. It's, because it's the, incredible. The amount of messages I've had to ignore, just like, yeah, no, I'm not seeing it yet. Like, literally from all over America. People I, people I met, like, last week in Prague, who are, like, uh, in Croatia. Why do I keep doing that in Croatia? Who's, like, keep, like this uh, one of my mates from there messaged me at three in the morning. And I was like, I take it by the time of message that you have seen it, and you saw it at midnight screen. And I was like, Duh. and I was like, oh, come on, man. Everyone's... Oh, but I'm going to see it soon. But we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about something I have seen, and I was really excited by it, the Into the Spider Verse uh, Blu-ray extras. Um, the ones we checked out this week was there was a mini film called Spider Ham Caught in Ham uh, with our with the guy John Mulaney. I love a bit of his uh, comedy. I'm not going to lie. I've not seen it, but um, he does this hilarious bit on. Um, it's called the salt and pepper diner thing youtube it if you want to hear him do the routine because obviously i'm no john Bellaney. but um <laughs> him and his friend <laughs> him and his friend basically again another tangent tornado but be worth it don't worry especially if you check it out and see him do it. it's hilarious so they go into this uh, salt and pepper diner it's really important when you youtube it that you type in that it'll come up and um there's a jukebox there so him and his friend it's like i think he says like it's a dollar for free songs so they you know, putting seven dollars, 
and they put in 21, re- 21 requests of Tom Jones's What's New Pussycat. Wow. Because the thing is with What's New Pussycat is there's a little dip when it ends, and then when it restarts, it's sort of like, you know how some songs have a dip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they restart, and you think... So <laughs> he talks about how after the second time you play it, you can't really tell if it's been played twice. Or, so people think, wow, What's New Pussycat is really long. And then by the fourth time, they're like... Either What's New Pussycat is really long or someone has at least played it twice. Wow. <laughs> so they go on it and it talks about like how all these, like they're watching people's reactions in the diner. And then he says, oh, but my mate was a genius. He said, wait, 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 we're loading up another What's New Pussycat. And he goes, wait, 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 wait. On the seventh one, he goes, let's slip in one. It's not unusual. So they've got all the What's New Pussycats and then he goes, whoa, whoa. And it starts and goes, and everyone's like, irate. And then it goes, it's not unusual. And then he talks about this giant sigh of relief for everyone. And everyone's like, oh, phew. And then after that, it's, boom, boom, What's New? And everyone just uproars and rages. Oh. Ah! You, you, you've, you've kind of just told the whole routine there. First. I know, but John Bellini does it better. And he's got an American. And he's, he's got, the guy who plays Spider-Ham, right? He's the guy who plays Spider-Ham, which is why it's relevant. You can actually <laughs> tell by the way he talks that he does, in a weird way, he sounds like a, a stand-up comic. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, yeah. I can't quite put like my finger on it as like to an o- Like an old American kind of like, hey, stick my boys, like yeah, a jokey. Yeah. And I think that's why he's got cast, because one of the other DVD extras was talking about like the casting and all that they had. And when they talked about John Bellaney, it made sense for what they had for Spider-Ham. Like they were looking for an older voice and an older character, but then like, no, wait, John Bellaney's got this older voice and he's, well, younger and he's yeah. hilarious. Well, uh, uh, my opinion of Spider Ham is yeah, great, not. but um, I, I get I get the character, I get why he's in there, and I get and I get the, and I, I think the casting is great. The guy plays him great. I just don't like the character. Yeah, and the the, the DVD extra was exactly what I expected. You laughed. I sat there with a sound. You laughed once. You laughed no. at the beginning, and I was like, oh my goodness, Mark's actually no. laughed at something. And then I was like, hey, you laughed, and you're like, I laughed once. <laughs> well, there you go. But, it, uh, oh, no, it was it was hilarious. It was, it, cla- it was a classical, like, Scooby-Doo kind of thing, and it's what you expected from um, Spider-Ham, and it actually sort of, like, leads into um, it was into fine. the film. It, but for, for what it was, it was a good quality piece of, like, it was like a Looney Tunes episode. Yeah. It was fine. A Looney Tunes is Spider-Man, but a bit... Yeah. Yeah. It, this is a good way of putting it. And if you enjoyed Spider-Ham in the film, you're definitely going to enjoy this. And if you like Mark and you didn't enjoy him in the film, then it's not really for you. It's just a little bit extra for him. And I kind of enjoyed it. And I, for me personally, I would love to see more of these mini ones. Like, yeah, you know, if they did it, If they did like a cool little mini-series, I mean... Spider-Man Noir mini-series would be great. Yeah. Yeah, with Nicolas Cage, actually, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd dig that. But, um, yeah, if they all had their own, like, mini-series, or if, like, you know, we're going to get many sequels from this, if each time there was a sequel we got a new, different story or something like that, that would be... I mean, I, I don't... Pretty cool. It has to be a film that I'm a massive fan of to bother watching any of the extras, to be honest with you. And yeah, which is why we saw, like, <laughs> we were yeah, all about we, this, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, absolutely. But the... the it seemed like they were pretty generous on what they provided on this DVD and um, sorry, Blu-ray. The Blu-ray does have more, yeah. which is why we got the Blu-ray. And um, the 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 stuff that we've watched so far did feel like it's not for casual fans. It felt like it was information that only big Spider-Verse nerds would want. Well, that's love not it, yeah. a criticism because that's exactly what they're for, right? Exactly. And what I really enjoyed about 
um, just watching because a lot of it was like yeah behind the scenes them talking about their casting the, how they create this new animation style basically it was a lot of them just talking about their passion for this project and it was really cool to see because they're all spider fans and they're all you know love yeah. this world and it's it's so great to see people care about something so much and it was almost like a passion project for all of them yeah. like it wasn't just because really when you think about this film especially from sony's past track record and you know, when you talk about it, so many so many fans had a, oh my goodness, I would love to do a Spider-Verse film, including myself. I would have loved to do a Spider-Verse film. Include Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and get them all in. Apparently they were... That's probably not. Apparently happen. they were going to do voices for this, but then they're like, oh, we don't want it to be a bit too confusing. And instead they're sort of represented in the other Spider, um, Spider-Man. But yeah, just like, it's a project that shouldn't really have worked, but worked so well and they like... Just because of how much they cared about it, and it just illustrated if you put something you pa- you know so much passion and hard work into something that you believe in, it can work. It re-emphasises the love. The 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 extras we've watched so far, which were all the little um, vignettes, not vignettes, video videoettes or whatever they're called, yeah. the little the little te- five ten minute little documentaries bits yeah, yeah they just re-emphasized the love and effort put in by everybody involved Literally and i like. really liked seeing what the actors look like behind the uh yeah because i mean ob- obviously i you know got what some... nicholas cage looks like but the guy who played miles he, he's he's rather attractive isn't he <laughs> he's my age as well oh is he yeah he's less attractive just a, now. It's a bit young it's mad but it, it was really cool to see because there was moments where um both of us were like, "Oh my goodness, it's him!" Or it's, "Oh, it's him!" And it's, yeah, it made sense. And it's, it was really weird because they did this thing where they split the screen and they had the person talking on the mic and the character. And I was like, "This, why does this feel like two different voices for two different people?" And it's like, it's so bizarre. I feel like there's a thing, there's a joke almost where it, they say like, "You know, you're an adult where you don't hear Woody, you hear um, Tom Hanks, or you don't, you know, you don't hear yeah. the character, you hear." the actor i never do that and i don't think i'm at that point yet I'm and not, but not. seeing this really illustrated that oh yeah no i'm not i, I think there are there are some where they forcibly put an actor who's not a voice actor for a character and like oh no i hear them not the actor if that makes sense not the character if that makes sense i enjoyed the way you could see how the actors themselves got themselves into the part even though obviously they're in like jeans and t-shirt or a suit and tie Rather than the, the, than an outfit for the yeah. act, for the character, but the way they emphasise, and I'm doing it now as I'm at the microphone because I'm thinking about it. But yeah. I don't normally tend to gesticulate. You do more than I do when we do this show. Yeah. But the way they were talking and emphasising the way that it was fa- that was fascinating. I'm surprised I've not not something down to be honest. <laughs> you have done in the past. Oh yeah, I have, haven't I? I'm surprised I've not not more stuff down on yeah. this studio is still intact, to be honest. I mean, there was so far, there's been nothing earth-shattering and life-changing as the DVD extras go, but they've all been really fun, and they've all they've all been the right kind of vibe, they've all been the right kind of length for attention span. And exactly, yeah. They're, they're, they're well done. They're we've, well done so far. We've not even delved into the deeper ones. I think the latest one... The latest one on the track we did was um, the tribute to Steve Ditko and Stanley, you know, which was brilliant. Recently lost him early on, and just again hearing fans talking about this exceptional pair, um, and yeah, it's yeah. Stanley and Steve Ditko, and just like how 
you know, they brought this character into the world, and they also got comic book creators like Brian Michael Bendis, who worked on, um, who, you know, made... Who didn't look like I thought he would. Who made Miles... What did you think he would look like? I don't know. Not that. Not that, yeah. He's lost quite a bit of weight as well, which oh, is really he? cool. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're right. seeing it. I was like, um, I was like, oh, fair play, Bendis, and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was just... It was cool seeing all the people like, you know, the Spider-Man produced for the longest time, um, or something, Harvey... ARV. I think so, I was probably expecting him to be a bit older because he's about yeah. my age, right? Yeah, yeah, and he's he just looks more youthful as well now. Like, um, I think that's the thing with weight loss, and sometimes that sometimes it can take some years away. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, because it doesn't look like his age; it looks like he's just um, lost the weight. Fair play to him. But yeah, it was it was just cool to see. In, or, all these people who had basically grown up on Stan and Steve's books and yeah. now we're sort of bringing it to a new generation as well. And it was it was nicely taught as well, um, greatly about Stan and Steve. But they also, uh, forgot to mention it before, when they talked about Spider-Man, there's been that thing of anyone can be behind the mask. And I feel like this film, Stan and Steve were always on about that anyone can be behind the mask. It can be, you know... Um, when you read Spider-Man, you're supposed to believe that you can be behind the mask. And, you know... People can believe that for the longest time, but until you sort of see it on screen as well, I think that just gives it an extra boost because we had so many different Spider-Man, Spider-People. We had um, Spider-Man, we had Spider-Woman, we had Penny Parker, we had a pig, be it. We had had a a moody um, black and white noir version. We had a, oh, not so uh, great these days, like in a slump. um, Oh, I'm getting too old for this. Peter Parker yeah that, that's celebrity one and it's it was that thing of it was emphasising yeah it was emph- these guys emphasised Stan's vision and Bendis started it with the comics and these guys followed it on with the film um, but it was Stan and Steve's vision of anyone can be Peter Parker and the only reason Peter Parker looks like he does is because Stan was like oh I see a bit of him in me so he sort of based it off himself um, mm. and I guess it was just the time as well um, that Peter was made but yeah they those were great to see um i'm trying to think what else what other extras did we watch i think we've covered it to be honest that, yeah the worst we the, haven't watched them all so this the, is only part one yeah remember? there's only this is only the start there's so much more but yeah and with that that's oh no no it's not we've got uh one last little thing we've got one I, put on in the last minute we've got one piece of news which isn't river news it's actual news there was a trailer for swamp thing on the dc universe i want to hear your reaction to this first fraser <sighs> i don't even think i'm I, I struggle to make it i was like i literally clicked on it and then paused at the first jump scare and i was like we should probably do a trailer reaction to this and i was like no i'll carry on it's fine mark's already seen it and then i was like I winced and I sort of made it through it. I mean, if you get if the if you want to see a trailer reaction, I would happily watch this again. Well, maybe not happily. Oh, it's... Watch this again, but yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness, it was so scary. Immediately, it so was scary. visceral, proper, nasty, Grim. nasty horror. It tells you absolutely nothing, <laughs> but scares the hell out of you. And interestingly, it made Swamp Thing look like the bad guy. Yeah. Which I hope he isn't, because the whole no, point... No, no. It'll be a whole misinterpretive thing, I feel like. Uh, yeah, but um, the... Yeah, and that was an, a huge element of the comics. I'm not sure which Swamp Thing they're doing, or I, I hope it's the Alan Moore stuff, because that was the best stuff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I genuinely don't know. 
And it won't be too bad if they don't do the Alan Moore stuff, but the Alan Moore stuff is... I reckon I reckon if they don't do it this time around, it will be in the pipe works. Like they'll do yeah. it in the near future. But it's, um, I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Despite the fact it's shown us nothing other than this is going to be damn scary. Exactly. That's all you, it's too fast. It's all you need to know, isn't it? The, the tone of it and... It's, yeah, it got its tone across and literally nothing oh else. And I, that, that was the intention. What, what a hell of a trailer that was. I can see how it would upset a lot of people... But for me, that was perfect. Oh, because it didn't... Yeah, because there, there was a teaser trailer for something else in the DC universe that we were watching. You were like, this was just a teaser. I think it might... Oh, no, it was a DC film. I think it was the Birds of Prey one. That's right. And you're like, this is just a teaser. There was so... nothing for me there. Yeah. But, that's, is it... but this is more my kind of thing. Yeah. And it, so it worked for me. So maybe maybe it's, it's very difficult to review stuff with an open mind, I think. And I've learned that as we've been doing this show. Yeah, for sure. And I think we've both got maybe a little bit better at it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But I'm very excited for Swamp Thing. And I want to watch with you because you'll be hilarious. <sighs> and that's the news, uh, guys. That's the news. But before we before we get done, we've mentioned how it's hard. We've had two different... We, you know, to have biases with the news, which is why we always ask for your fellow geeky thoughts. We've got a Facebook discussion group, we've got a Twitter, and we've got the YouTube comments section, which is below the YouTube video, for you to share those geeky thoughts on all this stuff and more. No endgame uh, spoilers, please, just yet. Um, there will be... There will, we'll have a whole thread on Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. Don't but spoil. For, but for now, don't spoil. Just for... Not only for, obviously, Mark seen it. Um, I, I, I would have seen it, you know, by the time this goes out. It's just the fellow geeks out there. You know, not everyone has not everyone has seen it straight away. And also, not everyone is like, oh, I'm abandoning social media until I've seen it. And Don't spoil the endgame. Yeah, no. So many, so many films and things worked up to it. Don't... And also, what did you think of Hellboy, if you did see it? Um, or, were you, or were you put off by it? We, I know I saw the negative reviews and gave it a miss. I've got, we can't really say check it out. Usually we're like, oh, I'll give it a go. But now it's like, eh, maybe you did the right probably thing. Probably can't check it out. It's probably gone. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if you've checked out the uh, Into Spider-Verse DVD or Blu-ray, what do you think of the extras as well? Are you more keen to buy the DVD now after all these cool little extra bits? Or have you seen some of them on YouTube? Because they're probably on there as well. Oh my goodness, I've just slipped down on the chair. I've fallen from grace. You fell from grace a long time ago, (laughs) dear. I really did. I'm back, guys, don't worry. This is Pull or Pass, the section of the show where we take a look at typically free comic books, sometimes more, but usually free, and say whether we're going to pull or pass them. If you're confused by what we mean by pull basically whenever you go into a comic book store and you pick up a comic let's say you just watched Endgame and you pick up oh pick up an Avengers comic why not or you watched Hellboy and you're like maybe the comics are better than the film <laughs> and let's say it's a one it can be a two or three it can be a 50 or whatever it is the clerk behind the desk will ask you if you want to add this to your pull you say yeah Basically, whenever a comic from uh, Hellboy or Avengers comes out, they'll stick it behind the desk for you, sort of almost like a subscription service, um, but less intense, less, we need your money every month, more like, hey, whenever you're in, we'll keep it behind for you, we'll keep it safe. And it's it's a nice sort of guarantee, because, you know, sometimes um, people just take, co- like, we'll just walk into a store and be like, oh, I'll find that comic book, and then 
You're less without your comic book that week, and if you're starting a collection, you'll have like you might have Demo, one, two, three, it? four, and then have to go jump all the way to seven, eight, and it's it can be frustrating. And then you have to try and find these issues, and it can just be a nightmare. Or sometimes, if you're checking out a book that's not as popular, some comic book stores might not um, bring it in, or might only have one copy. So it's it's important to you know get stuff on your pull. And if you know stuff's coming out early, um, like the big publishers would do solicitations months in advance to let you know what books are coming out you can check them out online or in a book um you can go oh this looks cool and then you can tell your retailer hey you're okay to add this to my pool and then that way you can guarantee that you're going to get the book it's just a nice guarantee and you can always take stuff off your pool if you like yeah you can always if you like decide you even even if they've put it back before you can you can say i've gone off it can you just not and they're all they're okay with that Sometimes it's nice to give them a bit of um, bit of clearance, especially like usually a couple of weeks. Just don't be like, "Oh no, I'm done now," because then they're like, "Well, now I've got a seven, eight, and nine. I've got to try and sell, and no others, you know, previous." So sometimes it can be a bit harsh, but um, you know, build a relationship with a comic book store. It's it's really nice, and it's just gets you more in that um, geeky environment. Indeed, indeed, really. Now this week. We had a very exciting week for Mark because he is a huge fan of a series called Descender. And we got the sequel this week, the start of the sequel anyway, called Ascender. Now, Mark, we're going to start with your thoughts and feelings because this is your book. Would you like to know how I read Ascender? Go on. I didn't read it in comic book form. It was actually available as part of a uh, Humble Bundle. The first issue, plus... All of Descender, plus loads of other stuff, is on offer on Humble Bundle at the moment. You can give money to charity, and it's like $15. Wow, that's for really like, good. Uh, it's a $15 minimum. You can give as much as you like to the charity. Yeah. Um, but for $15, you can get all of Descender and Ascender, plus of other stuff. And that's that's just brilliant. And um, it just came up on my Facebook before I ended up going to the comic book shop. And I was like... Ooh. Here we go. I, I am going to go and buy the comic. But, but still, it is worth... If you want to try Descender, now is the time, because you can get the whole lot for 15 quid. Which is really... It's a smart thing to do Not as even well, 15 quid. Ele- sorry, £11, $15. Yeah, oh yeah. Exchange rates. We're not that bad with the uh, the dollar yet, you know, with Brexit and that. No, don't. It's getting closer. But we don't talk about Brexit. We talk we about nice don't. things. And, um, we escape the real world. <laughs> I am going to go and get the comic book version of it. But um, just for completion's sake, yeah, no, I can say. And, but this this book means a huge amount to me. Um, you emotionally broke at the end of um, December, weren't you? Uh, and like, I've, I've I've been waiting for it. it. It feels like I've been waiting for it forever. Right. And and the fact it came out at the same week as Endgame, I was like, really, <laughs> two things at the same time. Come on now. And um, but it does. It means as much as Endgame to me. This book. And Im- imagine if it was terrible. Yeah, imagine right. if Endgame was terrible, Fraser. I just can't even imagine. Um, it's not though, is it? This was. Yeah, outstanding. It was in- <laughs> this ascent, was yeah, it was incredible. This was outstanding. Um, uh, and Goyan's art. I mean, I loved it. And his his robots were gorgeous. Yeah, you're not going to see much of that. And I was like. Okay, well... Yeah, because it's a different world now, isn't it? Yeah. Descender was all about the robots, and now this seems more like a magical sort of yeah. element. 
But his robots were gorgeous, and it turns out his everything is gorgeous. Because yeah, this is just a gorgeous, gorgeous book. And I, do you know, I knew that. I feel like I'm <laughs> stating the odd, obvious here. Yeah. And, but you, you're right to say it though, because there is that expectation there, and then you like. There's that, expe- and we've had it before in the past where, like, a book we've had high expectations for a book and it sort of let us down, um, or it's not lived up to the hype. We've also had times where it's exceeded our expectations or yeah. met it, so it's important to, I think, I think share uh, that. Lemire and Goyen have got this combination that's like once in a lifetime good, and there's a genuine care and love that they both have for this world and the story they're telling. And, and and the quality just shines, absolutely yeah. shines. It's everything from like the um, what, what, what's it called when it's got the, uh, the, the the box at the top of a panel? There's a word for it. Uh, like like the narration box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when it's being narrated by different characters, it has different, different fonts. Ones. Yeah, and like- that's just that's just an attention to detail that's so gorgeous and yeah, I the fonts the, are picked so yeah. well it's, it's just like everything I spotted I was like this is a beautiful beautiful book but it was always going to be because Descender was yeah yeah I, like um, I really enjoyed like just talking about the look of the book it was like watercolour art I was mm. like trying to figure I, I was it was tracking me back to like primary school I was like what kind of art is this? And I was Googling it, and I was like, watercolour, that's right. And it just, that's right. it looks beautiful. And just to mention the uh, narration you were talking about, it, it really stuck out for me with the childlike one for the child character. I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. The f- like the thing I really enjoyed about Descender when we read it on trade-off, um, when you gave it to me, was um, the lead characters in it, because it was like, you know, a young character, it was the robot and stuff like that, and sort yeah. of that ensemble. And for this, we didn't really get introduced to our protagonist until towards the end so I was a bit like I was getting a bit like um, edges oh who are we going to have who are, we gonna, are they going to meet up to that quality and I feel like the one we've got here you know it's a good lead character to have yeah. and again it's another it's another young um, another young protagonist which I really um, um, I really enjoyed and they want to know about they want to know about the world of Descender when it was robots and stuff like yeah. that and the reveal and we at the end and the reveal at the end that sort of like it picked I feel like it picked up towards the end I was like oh, okay yeah this is some cool things they're leading on to but I mean I think there's one character in Ascender that was a main character in Descender and I think that's important for that yeah thing. for sure um but the the antagonist you're introduced the to mother, her. Yeah. You're introduced to her before you're introduced to anything else. In Which this book. is kind of interesting. And she is so scary, like, yeah. n- like psychologically scary. It's her, it's her influence on that yeah. world as well. Yeah. Like they're all she's like vile. she's godlike almost yeah. and stuff. And then she meets. It was really scary. Like she was scary. And then she meets to like the higher mothers, like the people who are and like her, you know, descend like her. Well. Um, yeah, descendants in it because she's the descendant pre- of them. There, yeah, her... ascendants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Makes sense now. I get yeah, it. Yeah, funny that. Um, but like, yeah, she's and but like how she's become the mother of that world. Like she's oh, you know done betrayals and stuff like that. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, it is very scary because yeah, she, they treat it like a god. Like the mother will save you. They're all talking about mother and like, oh, this is it's, creepy. Yeah, it really is. Oh god, this. Book. This book. And there's a flying tortoise. I really enjoyed the flying tortoise. That was a really pretty flying, flying tortoise. tortoise. It was really cool. And it was huge as well. I was like, 
yo, this is epic. <laughs> it was like near the beginning. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep reading. Funnily enough... I, I think you're going to pass it, aren't you? The, I can't funnily see enough, you. this is just... Just a pull. All kind of pull. Imagine if it had been a pass. Imagine... I, I'd have been more heartbroken than than not being able to talk properly. Exactly. More heartbroken than... Um... Well, jaw-broken. <laughs> not heartbroken. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, I, this, this book is something very special. Something very, very special. And I, I just want all of it immediately. So you're going to get it all on digital, all in physical, and in trade, and special editions, and... <laughs> I, I, because I collected Descender in trade, in my head, I want to collect it in trade so that it looks pretty on my um, shelf. On my shelf, but I just can't. I have to collect this in single issues. What you could, it's a super expensive thing to do. It, you could, I think, more comic book stores should do this, but I don't think it'd be good financially. But as a business thing, it'd be really cool. I think it'd get more people in. Is um, what you could do is you could collect all the single issues and then sell the single. Or sell or keep the single issues and then get the trades from that. I have I've, thought about doing that. I think that. it would be really cool. That's I don't know probably how... what I'll do is I'll buy the singles yeah. and then buy the trade and then flog the singles yeah. on, on eBay or I something. I don't know how financially viable it would be for um, comic book stores. Probably wouldn't at all. But like if they did a thing of if you bring in the issues of the comic book, we'll give you the trade. But they probably make more money on trades than single issues. No, I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think would that do would that. make a business sense, or, or give you a discount on the trade. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a discount on the trade. But because um, if you think about it, it's what three, four quid a comic. So let's say a trade six, six times, like, it's eighteen like to twenty-four. Of... You've made that money there, and then if you give him a discount with the trade. But, with that um, humble bundle, I, I do like the idea of owning more digital comics because it's just know, cheaper I, as well, isn't it? It is cheaper, and particularly the humble bundle thing, that was a test for me because if it had been pants and I hated it and it didn't work, then so what? I goes a few quid to a decent charity. charity yeah, so, yeah. but I now own even more Jeff Lemire, so you know that's not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing, is it? Pretty good. Um, yeah, like as um, oh, I haven't said actually. Yeah, it's a pull for me as well. Yeah, you'll Especially... just read mine though, won't you? You yeah. won't actually oh, yeah. buy it. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh no, I'll read yours. Ish- I'll keep your issues. You can buy the train. Actually, that's not such a bad <laughs> idea, is it? Good uh, work. Teamwork makes the dream work. Now the next book we're going to talk about is in relation to Endgame, and it's Thanos number one. It's the start of his new series, and um, it's a six-part limited by the looks of things. Yeah, it's a new, it's a new team. It's I think it's one of the first Thanos books or books with Thanos in that's not written by Jim Starlin, who created him. It's instead written by um, Tina Howard. Oh no, yeah, Tinny Howard. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. I am dyslexic. If you're listening as well, hey, we liked your book. I'm guessing I enjoyed it. But Mark, what were your thoughts on the book? Um. I, my, my initial reaction was it was too obscure and too complex for what it was supposed to be. It was clearly a cash-in on Endgame. Ooh, look, there's Thanos, let's buy, we'll buy the comic. But I, I, I felt like the, the bad guy was too obscure, or the, the antagonist, depending on whether or not you think Thanos is the good guy or bad guy. Um, the it's antagonist like is, is too obscure, and as, as a money grab, I don't think it did its job. I don't think it gave us enough uh, engaging stuff for the casual only watch the films fans as it should have done. The yeah. the 
the casual fan that picked it up because they liked uh, they don't read comics but they liked Endgame will be disappointed with this it's too complex the bad guys confusing the the plot is odd the 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 universe isn't what you see in in the in the cinema I think I think it's a mistake the story itself and the artwork were actually pretty good uh, I didn't enjoy it enough to want to carry on reading it myself but I did feel like it it was a good comic and the the ending was exceptionally well done you, you the the comic book uh, the comic book cliffhanger is a cliche these days but I felt like that ending was done really well and it was a good book I like really liked the art but I just felt it failed at what it was supposed to do see um I disagree that it was a um cash in I think what it was supposed to do is because there's been a load of Thanos um storylines going through um recently in comic books like I say with Jim Starlin usually at the front and he's had a lot of his own series even before um Infinity War before he was like you know the main thing I think the other book that came out this week Avengers I think Edge of Infinity I feel like that's more of a cash in because even in their description of the book they put in bold Endgame but that Modoc was the villain and stuff like that and that Modoc as in the, yeah, the hamster yeah. thing no he's not he's <laughs> that's a bit like Arm Seasons <laughs> isn't he a modified hamster no <laughs> where did I get that from What? which one's a modified hamster <laughs> You might be thinking about Squirrel Girl. No. No, he's he's just he's a giant head in a way. He is silly, but he's not a <laughs> I'm just... I am go you right, carry on, I'm Googling. I'm okay. convinced he's a modified hamster. <laughs> but I actually do, I don't believe it's a cash in for I feel like there will be people who have seen Endgame and be like, Oh, I want to read more about Thanos who will go into this and it might not be for them, but it might be what I hope it is is because um, at the beginning they describe how like they describe the Thanos in comics how he's always been obsessed with death and that's a different Thanos that you get in the films in the films Thanos isn't obsessed with death he's obsessed with his agenda and how, why he thinks it's you know his ideal that he thinks half the world should disappear and he's not obsessed with death but in the comics he's you know falls in love with the embodiment of death and he's always trying to satisfy her so I think this was more leading towards the comic book fans of um, Thanos, which is, I do totally agree that there will be people who pick this up expecting Thanos from the films, but that's not yeah. the one you're getting. It's the one from the comics. And I think with that in mind, I think they did it really well. And I really enjoyed the relationship between Thanos and Gamora because that is something that is touched upon in the films. Oh, yeah. And it's really well touched upon in this because it sort of, it emphasizes that, Gamora wasn't willingly, you know, um, a daughter of Thanos. And I liked seeing all the different children of Thanos. Like, we saw the ones we've seen in the film, like Ebony Moore, Proximity Midnight, but we also saw ones that we haven't seen in the film. And it was it was cool to see, like, I haven't read much of Thanos. I've seen read some of the stuff, obviously, in the Infinity comics and the many, many Infinity comics and seen him as a villain. But seeing him as the lead character... Well, I don't really say protagonist or antagonist at the moment. Anti-hero? Not, not even, even that. a hero. Just no. like lead character. Um, mind you, Vader's lit, led his book and been a villain. So yeah, we'll just say villain for now. But seeing him in that lead role, it was kind of cool to see and seeing... Oh yeah, I'd agree see, with that. I liked his relationship with the children of Thanos as well because they weren't um, you know, completely obedient. They weren't saying everything. They actually challenged Thanos. 
and um Ebony Moore had this great thing where it's like yeah well if we didn't challenge you you wouldn't like that's not what you want is it you want people who you know are almost on your level and Thanos accepts that and I really enjoyed yeah just that relationship with Thanos and all the characters involved to be honest and I was like nice and the thing of him being obsessed and wanting to be in a relationship with the embodiment of death has always been silly but it kind of it can work in comics and it can't work in the films really unless you make death hella um from Ragnarok and that can sort of work but I think the Thanos in comics and the Thanos in films are two different they have two different agendas to why they want to you know evaporate the universe um and so if you're expecting that Thanos from the films you're probably not going to see it but if it's a Thanos that even if you've just heard about Thanos in the comics it's definitely one I'd, I'd recommend checking it out um maybe check out some early Thanos stuff as well if you feel like it's a bit too much of a leap in the ocean and not a dip in your toe in yeah I but, think it, I, I don't think this is a good starting point for Thanos see, to be honest with you I think it is if you almost if you sort of if you go in expecting Thanos from the films it's not a good one to start off if you know Thanos is different and you want to see how Thanos is different then it would be a good way to start if that makes sense I know it's a bit complicated but I, I don't see why anyone would in the current obviously Endgame thing the kind of people that are interested in Thanos are people who have seen Endgame so I I don't think that there's anyone who you, you know what I'm getting at no, I, think, I think it's an oddly timed book to have super comic book version of Thanos have his own title well Thanos has had his own title for a while it's just a new um, it's just a new writing team on it uh, like the yeah it's one of those things it just so happens that it's been released on thing and it probably will yeah. get some sales from Endgame but there are people out there and I'll admit I was one of them I was aware of comic books and how like different characters were different than the films and sort of like I was willing to read read stuff knowing that it would be different than the films if that makes sense like whenever yeah. when I started reading Spider-Man I knew it wasn't going to be Tobey Maguire although in Ultimate Comics it's pretty similar but I did, like, I was willing to accept those differences, if that makes sense. So I feel like yeah. there will be people there who want to see, who want to read Thanos, knowing it's going to be different. And this is an okay one for them to start off with. And you've just been like, well, maybe Endgame's the last time we see Thanos in the films. Don't say a word, Mark. I wasn't going to. <laughs> I know. I, I, prom- just, I made a promise to I you. Know. Thank you. Um, and, and, d- the, and the list. And fellow geeks, don't be shouting anything at me right now. It was, uh, to, it was to you. Um... What was I going to say? Yeah, um, this might be the last time we see Thanos. Let's see what he's doing in the comics. It might be one of them. I also feel like Thanos has got a huge base uh, fan base in the comics, which is a fan base. A fan base. <laughs> oh, hey. oh, it which, hurts to laugh. <laughs> which is um, which is why it's great to see this new book, and it's cool to see someone who's not Jim Starlin working on it. I mean, he's don't, don't get me wrong. That make. I hope that doesn't make it sound like, oh, I'm done with him, because he's done some exceptional stuff with Thanos, but it's nice seeing someone new. It's like when Miles started getting written by someone else other than Bendis. It was nice to see someone else have a take on the character. Brave. It is, yeah. It's a big brave, uh, especially with, I tell you what, comic book comic book fans, especially if they're a dedicated fan to a character, mainly focusing on Spider-Man, oh my goodness, they can be harsh on their writers. If they like you as a writer, or oh, you're clean sailing, but some people will just like, I like this writer as Spider-Man, but not this writer. Well, there was that, like, the, that guy that got death threats because he wrote something that Venom fans Venom, yeah, like, Donny Cates, yeah. It's, it's like a lot of people... I've raged at that already. Yeah, get it a lot in like um, 
Tom King's currently on Batman. Um, there's it's it's the same thing. It's like there's been so many Batman writers, like um, Scott Snyder and stuff, like that. and everyone sort of has their go on it. Everyone has their go on it, and like some people don't like the writers. So it's okay. In a couple of years' time, there'll be a new writer who write for a long period of time. Um, but it it can, it can be so they can so so much toxic fan base, which is a bit annoying. I've always enjoyed new writers and just. I just take it almost as a fresh start in a way or like because comics are so long running they've been going for years sometimes you just need the new platform to start off with or a new plat yeah just a yeah a new platform just to reset yourself and be like okay this is what I'm reading now but yeah um, I think I'm going to add this to my poll just because I want to I'm not read a bit more fast. You, you've convinced me it's less bad than I thought it was, but yeah. I, the reality is I didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I think the cat as I as I need to for this to go on my pull. My pull is massive, it's huge. But yeah, the next book we are going to talk about is Punk Mambo. Now I saw the I saw this um, book on the shelf and I was like, this has Mark written all over it. So I was like, Mark, I found the book we're gonna we're gonna do, mm. and it's Punk Mambo. What did you think of this book? Um, I, I think you might be surprised why I liked this book over... Because you're right, the look and the style is very me. But I liked it because it reminds me of my holiday in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, because it it's uh, based in New Orleans, isn't it? It's a bit... And I've always... Even crazy. before I went to New Orleans, I've loved, I loved the um, voodoo lore and... Mm. Um, I, I've always found supernatural stuff fascinating and interesting obviously as a humanist i don't believe in it one little tiny bit but it doesn't mean that stuff like buffy the vampire slayer and uh, any and sabrina and anything like that isn't something that i really really engage with and really really enjoy and it was very much like this in a setting that i really love as well when when we went to new orleans and i, I meant it when i said it i said I, I'd, I'd like to retire here because yeah, it's, it's it's a Beautiful, quirky, odd city that yeah, just it suits you to a bit. To be fair, I just fell in love with the city, and and um, part of the reason why I like the Cloak and Dagger TV series is that it's set in uh, New Orleans, and anything that's set in New Orleans, I, I kind of like keep an eye and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see, and I, I just want to go back to New Orleans. And yeah. this did this book take you on a trip to New Orleans? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, it starts in the swamps, and um, having kayaked in the swamps, it was it was just so cool. And um, I've never been. You're you're a huge traveller. You you love going all over the world at the drop of a hat and visiting oh, anywhere and everywhere. My, my travel bug kind of left me. But then when I went to New Orleans, I was like, I like it here. I like it a lot. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, from the from the front cover onwards, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like this book," <laughs> and I did, I did. The, it, but it, like I say, it was much more the setting, than the, art the shape, style, not and, the shaved head with the pink Mohican. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the art style and the, every, the story didn't grab me as much as perhaps it could have done, but the setting and the look, I, I, I'm interested. I am very, very interested in this title. Perhaps once the novelty of it being set in New Orleans and having the kind of cool voodoo 
stuff that I find fascinating involved. If that fades, then this might not be a book that I will read, on, read yeah. forever. But yeah, I liked it a lot, and I think but, that this is a pull for the time being. But while it's there, you're on board. I've uh, I've made some notes for a change, Mark. Gosh, mm. <laughs> and it is in all caps, dog, and then dogs, because there's a dog, but they use it. Uh, the, the, the word dogs. They don't use it in a good way, though. It's not a good dog. No, it's, it's, a, it's kind of voodoo dog. <laughs> it is a voodoo dog. And I was like, oh no, he's a bad dog, and then there's more. I'm like, oh no. Bad dogs. Yeah. Do like a dog in comic books, even if they are used for evil. But yeah, that was just my. I don't know why. I, I was like, wow, that, that was your note. I dog like, and dogs. I'm gonna, I was like, I'm gonna make notes. And New Orleans, because I had a feeling you would like it. Because New Orleans, I was like, oh, this is really like I to judge the book by its cover. I was like, oh, this looks like Mark's. Um, and this you weren't wrong. Like Sing. And then when I read and said New Orleans, I was like, oh, this is definitely gonna be Mark's thing. <laughs> yeah, this was a book. This was a book for you, Mark, and. For me personally, I'm not really into that sort of like voodoo stuff like that. I mean, I really do enjoy um, a good book about dogs. But these dogs, man, they don't seem that good. So um, it's probably going to be a pass for me. But that isn't a comment on the book at all. It's a really good book. And if you like, if you taste some more towards Mark, then definitely pick it up. Um, I just I just know my, I think I know my, I'm, the more and more we do pull a pass, the more and more I do trade off. I sort of know my taste more. Um and that's the thing with Polar Pass. It's always sort of going to be sort of taste-based. We always try and give a good commentary on the books. Yeah. And I feel like you did that exceptionally well there that I don't really need to sort of chime in and go, oh, yeah, also this. I just sort of go, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. for me, it's it's a pass, but it's not a negative pass. It's just like if you taste it to- more towards me, then it's, for me, it was a pass. It might be different for you as well, to be fair. You might just see if you're one of them where it's like instant dog, instant pull. I falls like that, but maybe I'm not. I'll probably read marks when there's more dogs. It's like, yo, Mark, what are those dogs up to in uh, Punk Mamba? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, this week's pull or pass. But like we say, it's all sort of about opinions when it comes to comic books, and it's all about taste. So we want to know if you checked any of these books out, were they on your pull? Were they on your pass? What was actually on your pull this week as well? If it wasn't these three books, there's so many more comic books out. What were you? What did you pick up? You can let us all know on our Facebook group, on Twitter, and on YouTube comment section below the YouTube video for this. But now, <laughs> let's go on to the next part of the show. <laughs> it's trade off. Now, do I say something after? Hmm, maybe I do. Maybe I currently am doing. Yeah, it's trade off. It's trade off. It's trade off. It's trade off. My jaw hurts. <laughs> I'd, I'd have given you some slack, but my jaw hurt. <laughs> I'm not sure this show is a good idea. I need painkillers. <laughs> we're, we're, we're laughing at my pain, Fraser. Here, here's a painkiller for you. Trade off! <laughs> It can be a, a reading comments can be a sort of reve- relieve some pain. That's all I'm going to do all afternoon on my own. What a goal. Oh, goals. So this is trade off. This is a segment of the show where basically me and Mark, Mark and I. Oh my goodness, I've not done that for weeks, and I've. Oh, I was getting so good at English. You've done very well. Mark and I have different tastes when it comes to comics. Um, I'm childlike, family-friendly sort of vibes. 
Mark's more into his uh, adult stuff, sometimes in a not safe for work kind of way, if you listened in last week. Um, but most of the time, it's just like fantasy, sci fi, horror. I'm a huge Freddy cat over here. Don't know if it's been illustrated enough. Funny. <laughs> so sometimes um, it's not fun when I read horror. But this section of the show has each of us giving each other a trade, trading off. Week by week, one of us will give each other a trade. Um, so, like one week, I'll give Mark one. Mark will give me I one, me one. <laughs> You're trying too hard. Um, and sometimes I end up with horror, which is not fun for me. But usually, the book's quite good, so I power through. Uh, and I don't ever give you bad horror. Well, what's the term of bad? I mean, bad as in... Bad quality. It, bad quality, no. Bad as in, this is going to give me nightmares for a long oh, period no, of time. I, I, I deliberately give you stuff. Especially, especially when I'm ill-prepared and read it all in one sitting and go, oh my goodness, I just need to sit in the corner and read and have happy thoughts. Just happy thoughts. But this week, luckily there's no horror. I <laughs> Depending on your thoughts on um, the DC continuity, um, if you think that's a horror show... Uh, <laughs> I gave Mark Earth 2 by DC. Now, I have to clarify, this is pre-New 52 Earth 2. It's a big... I, 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 I mean, for me, my what DC Universe knowledge isn't great. And I've always been honest about that, that mm. you you give me a lot of DC because you know damn well I don't read DC. And that's fine. The whole point of this section is to Get us reading challenge each other yeah. with stuff that we wouldn't normally read. But I... I um so I don't know what you're talking about with the new fifty two. I don't need to either. I'm sure you'll no. give me that at some point. Yeah. The the concept the whole series. Earth two Everything. the concept um reminded me of something I do really like, and that is the Mirrorverse in oh, Star yeah, Trek. Oh yeah, when there's like evil <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. the Mirrorverse in Star Trek, the it was fondly fondly um remembered by fans but it wasn't over egged there were only a few episodes of each different type of star trek in the mirrorverse but you know the i thought it was particularly well done in um in enterprise yeah and not the car company no no star trek enterprise <laughs> and i really really like the mirrorverse stuff in earth 2 yeah, sorry, in, in Star Trek. And well, so what did you think of it in Earth 2? <laughs> well, right, here's the thing. The the Mirrorverse in Star Trek wasn't hokey. Well, it was hokey, but it wasn't too hokey. Mm-hmm. The, right. The names. The names. I mean, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, if you take a step back, they're a bit cheesy. Yeah. Powering... Johnny Quick. Oh, I like Johnny Quick. Johnny Quick. He sounds like he's in the Beano. There was Billy Wiz in the Beano. Johnny Quick is exactly the same basis of a... No. No. I can't take someone called Johnny Quick seriously. I think you're not supposed to as well, to be honest. He's a bit of a... uh, He's not like the A-lister Barry Allen is in terms of that um, version of the Justice League. I I didn't hate this book, but I did struggle with it. Yeah. The I liked Alexander Luther as the good guy. That was brilliant. Exactly. So that was Earth, really Earth cool. Two, Earth 2's Lex Luthor was the good guy in that. And they sort of, so basically to explain this one, just because there's so many Earth 2's out there, like Mark said, the mirror thing, the Earth 2 there, all the goodies are baddies, all the baddies are 
goodies and Luther's like oh I need to help save my world and to do that he enlists the help from Earth 1's heroes but it doesn't really work out to be fair <laughs> it was yeah Alexander Luther that, that was genuinely interesting genuinely something I liked it's always um, cool seeing him as a hero as well because he does it quite a, he does sort of play the hero role sometimes and sometimes he because the thing is with Luther he always thinks he's more of a hero than Superman he f- always thinks Superman's a threat and he just sometimes goes about it the wrong way. Sometimes he's just that malite, you know, stereotypical malite, villain. Maniacal. Maniacal villain. Or just like, you know, typical like, but sometimes he's, it's more thought of, he was like the president for a bit, um, mm. which is worrying. I don't yeah. know who's the worst president. Lex Luthor or Donald Trump? Hmm. There are pa- there are parallels between Donald them two Trump. As well. At least he's at least Luther's clever. Moving swiftly on, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I really don't have that much to say about this book. It was a nice idea, but I didn't like the story very much. And that's it, yeah. It's just a simple. It's a simple story as well, and it? it's just that whole thing of like, ah, oh, we're a different Earth. We need, um, we need help. I think the reason I gave you this book was because there's a lot of books I want to give you that sort of touch on the multiverse. So I sort of, it was almost like an introduction to oh, there are many different enough. ones. I could have given you probably a better one, but it's a bit older, so it can be a bit harder to read. There's The Flash of Two Worlds. So it's Barry Allen and Jay Garrick. That one's really cool as well because in Barry Allen's universe, Jay Garrick the Flash is a comic book character and all the stories are based off jay garrick's earth so it's a cool little okay. parallel there so that would have been a cool one maybe to give you but it is it is again uh, one of them of its time but this is sort of more recent but not new 52 or rebirth and it sort of just goes here's the multiverse right i, I finished the book because i had to not because because of this section but it wasn't torture i probably wouldn't have bothered hmm. but it wasn't horrific and bizarrely uh, i'm a little i'm kind of interested in more stories in this universe if it's done better. Yeah, but, which there is, to be fair. Right. There's, I, like, multiversity, there's... Yeah. I just don't have very much to say about it, I'm afraid, Fraser. No, it that's was, fair. It was okay. Again, yeah, it was just I've one of I've read much worse. It's one of them, it's just, like, an introduction to... Um, mm. And it does work as an introduction. Yeah, because sometimes... It's that thing, in it, of, like, if you relate to TV shows or, like, we do with Polar Pass first issue, sometimes the first issue or the first um, pilot of a show isn't always great if we relate to Binge It or Bin It, but you keep going and it it does, yeah. I What thoughts do I have on this book? Not very much, to be honest. I, I did, to be fair, I did read this um, a while back when I got it, and, again, it was I read it for a similar version. I was just like, oh, I want to get into multiverses and i think this will help and it's it cleared up some dc stuff for me as well and let's not go too much into like in new 52 these guys return again but they're the crime syndicate and that yeah they're from they're not from earth 2 i think they're from like earth 3 or something so the multiverse goes really crazy in new 52 so we might revisit the multiverse but we're going to slowly dip our toes in before we go into um we'll see before we go into new 52's multiverse because that stuff was just but bonkers but yeah soon we'll be going into crises as well great multiverses crises rebirths and yeah flashpoints all to come on mark's journey through dc great. <laughs> yeah sorry I, it I could be that i don't have could, that much to say we can this. do that or we can do more spidey boxes so <laughs> i'm joking i have more to offer as well hmm. boost the gold who is dc but you know 
different different uh, kettle of fish there. True. I've done my image with. Um, what did I do my image Invincible. with? Invincible. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> I threw all my um, image dice in there. Image or chips. one of them. Yeah, all my chips. My chips will be in one. But yeah, that's uh, that's trade off. If you have any thoughts on Earth Two. Or the new 52's version of this, or any any thoughts about the multiverse? Um, be cool. You could give it as a message from the multiverse. <laughs> it's uh, and now you sort of get the topic as well. Do you, you know you get the reference for uh, our segment messages from the multiverse as well. It's uh, it's all connected. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this book or the multiverse or just DC in general. To be honest. Um, if you he, checked he out this was. trade or not, I'm not so bothered. Hey, come on! I want, I want your thoughts on what, Swamp Thing we're all, and Vertigo. We're stuff. all in this together. They they feature in some multiverse stuff. What was going to say? Oh yeah, <laughs> Facebook discussion group, Twitter, YouTube comment section below the YouTube vid. And geeks, we managed to make it to the fourth segment. Way you manage our, ti- our timings. Our timings. Our timings were on point. I'm very proud of us. And it is time for that fourth segment, which is... Fraser forgot what he did last time, so he's going to free flow. Wow. Oh, I think I did a whole thing of, we're not at the phone right now, so leave us a message. From the multiverse. That sort of works, right? He, he's dancing while he does this. I'm doing the head bobble. It's it's, it's, it's almost mesmerising. It's, it's very catchy. It's, uh, it's like the snake from Jungle Book. Right. <laughs> car. Car. There you go. I think Scarlett Johansson played car in... Uh, the la- anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. A tornado nearly started. So this is Messages from the Multiverse, where we, we reach out to you guys, girls, geeks of all kinds on our various social medias, as well as talking about it, previewing it on the show. We previewed this one a while back and then kept previewing twice. it. Um, oh, twice. Oh, it's the rule of three. So it's the third time now and we're actually doing it. So yeah, we'll uh, pose a question to you fellow geeks and we just get your responses and sort of like air them on this section. Read new. Just very, very quickly, um I'm I'm tapping out. I've my my, my, my jaw really hurts. So you've, Fraser's yeah, gonna you, Fraser's gonna take it. You've, from d- here. you've done a good shift. <laughs> We're subbing in Mark for um for you got for du- the double you, for you geeks. Either that or you can think of it as the snap ninja just happened and Mark's fading. Are, are you gonna do fading noise? Mr Stark. Oh no. Why that fading noise? No. So <laughs> The question we had, it sort of uh, led off our last question when we were talking about free comic book day and we were talking about like how people got started reading comic books, their first experience uh, in a comic book store. Um, Jacob um, Morrow, um, one of the fellow geeks, former host of this, co-host of this show, brought up something cool about how um, someone lent him some trades and then bought him a, co- a comic and he went to the comic book store and picked it all up. And it's also sort of based off our segment in the show called Trade Off. So we, the question is, which trade slash series would you lend to a friend to either get them into comic books or a certain character? And Mark and I, uh, we sort of, with ours... Um, for Marks to sort of get people into comics, you start. You said Descender because that was a favourite of his. We talked earlier in the show about um, Descender and Marks' love for it. We've also talked about it on a trade-off because um, you lent it to me, and I was like, "Yes, this would get me into comics. This would definitely get me into um, the Descender universe as well." And 
it got me on board for Ascender this week, so it's it worked out very well. For me, um, getting someone into comic books, um, I had my start with Civil War, and I'd always recommend that. It was really cool because you sort of, if you've watched the films, seen TV shows, or seen like animated stuff, like I grew up with animated Spider-Man, um, and that's just a lot of Spider-Man medium, but sort of like the telly shows and stuff like that, and obviously the MCU. I sort of knew these characters in a way. I knew the comic book versions would be different, so... Um, Civil War and Civil War had like just been announced so I was like okay this is a cool book to read I sort of bringing some of my own experience into it but also accept this new world and Civil War was a great way to start because there's so many different characters and you can pick a character you like I sort of knew it was going to be Spider-Man and Spider-Man's very heavy in that book so I kept on reading Spider-Man and for a certain character people always ask me because they know I'm a bit of a spider fan um, Spider-Pan on Instagram if you want to follow um, oh that was a terrible plug I apologise um, whenever they say, oh, what comics should I read to get into Spider-Man? I always suggest the Ultimate Comics uh, with Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. They're, they're always a good place um, to start. But that was us two. But you, you've heard enough about us two. So I'm going to talk about um, what other fellow geeks said. So, yeah, we reached this, we sent this out on all our social medias and we got a response. Uh, funnily enough, one was from Jacob McMorrow, um, former co-host of the show. And this was a while back as well, so... Um, there was definitely he put a lot there um some of this i'm working off from memory he too mentioned civil war um i think for a similar reason just like you know with it being connected to the films and stuff but i know if he didn't mention it in the tweet he's always uh, going on about it. one of his favorite characters is hawkeye and um he always talks about the matt fraction run of hawkeye um he probably he may have mentioned it on the tweet but he always mentioned it to me so um there you go. It's definitely that. He always sort of, sort of like, because um, Hawkeye sort of not gets jobbed out in the films, but so sort of, there's always that joke of, oh, Hawkeye's there, but apparently this book's really. Um, I always meant to read it, and I feel bad on Jacob. I will read it one day. One day, I, if you lend me Matt Fraction, I, I will read it. And, and after reading Matt Fraction's work with Chip Zdarsky on Sex Criminals, I'm definitely um, well up for that. Um, what else? Oh, Reese uh, Hoyle, I want to say. You know what? We've been friends for a while, and I'm sorry, Reese. I never learned how to say your last name. But he had a cool recommendation. It was, um, I think, World War Hulk and Planet Hulk. And obviously, they are huge comic book events. And it's one of them. I always sort of I knew about those events before I even sort of knew about comic books, if that makes sense. I knew they were big Hulk stories, and it was always that thing of, oh, wouldn't it be cool to see these in films? And we sort of saw Planet Hulk in for Ragnarok, and those elements we saw there were really cool. But those two stories are even epic. It's just Hulk messing to put people rubbing Hulk the wrong way and yeah, don't mess. If you enjoy the Hulk and it's it's upsetting that because of rights issues we don't really get to see Hulk have his own movie or his own arc. He's managed to get it in other people's films, but I don't know if it's quite the same. I mean Mark Ruffalo does it well. Um but yeah, if you want more Hulk in your life, definitely check that stuff out. Um, there's a lot like oh, what is that story with the oh, I'm gonna forget so I'm not gonna try and salvage it but there are cool um, Hulk storylines there's storylines where like him and Hulk sep- Bruce Banner and Hulk separate that's always cool but yeah them two definitely uh, solid recommendations Reese. apologies about the second name um, I also reached out to my old University Cartoons and Comic Book Society um, which I used to be president of oh University what a time you know most people are out partying, getting boozy, getting trashed. I was dressing up as Pokemon characters and hiding from other society members. Ah, oh, what a time. What a time. Such a geek. <laughs> 
but I reached out to them and uh, I've got some responses there. Oh, no, it's another last name I'm going to butcher. I apologize. Robert Hazlitt um, recommended top 10. Now, I didn't know if he was just he, he wanted to talk about his top 10 comic books um, or if he meant the actual uh, comic book series by America's Best Comics slash DC, it turned into, which was by Alan Moore. So it's something that would be, I feel like, up your um, Alan Moore, but it was like a limited um, run series. And it's like, I, I'd never really um, heard of this before. So I definitely, um, it'd be something I'd be keen to check out as well. Um, well, Alan Moore's heavy stuff. I, I I would recommend it to people who like comic books, but maybe I wouldn't recommend Alan Moore's stuff to uh, someone starting as a startup. Uh, like I, I love the um, Swamp Thing run, but it's heavy. It's definitely heavy. Well, like just to again, I've, I've not I've not read I've, the, uh, yeah this book. I've so only got like a, bl- a blurb sort of, and it's just it's saying how like the story revolves around day to day lives of police officers at this precinct, and it's sort of like. Um, it's it's in tone with the classic police dramas in a way, so I can sort of see that as sort of like almost you've seen something on telly, and it's it's a gateway in maybe to non superhero books as well, if that makes yeah, if that makes any sense at all. But yeah, it, there's they've got a season one here. It says so they are sort of running it like a TV show, and there's a season two coming along, so it might be worth something to check out, and then just in time for the second season. But Alan Moore, it's one of them. Like sometimes, just recommending a writer can help you get into comics as well. I think when I found the writers that I enjoy reading, I think I found my journey into comics a bit easier as well, and a bit more. You know, the books I was looking for were a bit easier because sometimes with a character it can be hard because characters have so many yeah. stories and they all sound cool. I'd agree but with that. They're not all necessarily that good. So finding a writer as well as a character, and maybe even an artist as well, and just that team dynamic. It, helps um this is really cool i'm either assuming that they're siblings or <laughs> or a couple uh we've got john and debbie jackson um it's funny because debbie was like stealing my recommendations i see oh she's put love so again it could be either um so john jackson put uh, it's a bird which is um it's a superman uh story but um he mentions how it bridges the gap between the superhero stere- stereotype of the medium and the other things it can do. Um, and Debbie sort of like leads onto that, um, saying it's she recommends it because it's both a real sensitive portrayal of genetic illness and familiarity strife, as well as also being different to, um, different things the character means to people across the world. So sort of like Superman's impact on everyone else. And there is, I feel like there's a documentary or a film called It's a Bird that sort of, you know, deals with Superman mania in a way, not Hulkamania, Superman mania and how that... Supermania. Supermania and how that affected, you know, America in a way, because it, it was a huge thing when he came out in the 30s and, well, more towards the 40s and when his films came out as well. And this book, I think I've actually, I've seen this, I think I've read a few parts of it and it's been one that's sort of been like, it. Was, I'll be honest, this is probably one of them where I was in a comic, I was in a uh, library, read a bit and then the person came over being like, hey, you're going to buy this? And I was like, ah, I'm going to leave because <laughs> there's a large portion of my life where I was doing that. I read a lot of Green Lantern during that. That's naughty. <laughs> it's very naughty. Um, sorry, the employees of uh, Waterstones and WH Smith, but I wasn't quite ready to jump in. And then I finally did buy Civil War and I jumped in. But yeah, this is definitely one of them. It's it's always really cool to see. Like, there's a book Marvel do called The Marvels, where it's, it's cool seeing heroes, 
you know, from other people's perspective, there's a horror, horrible version of it with horrible as in like scary, not bad, um, of the Joker, how, you know, how Joker's seen by different people. And there's, there's a really cute one with Spider-Man and this boy who's ill and it's oh, my heart, man. Um, yeah. Uh, John Jackson also suggests v for, De- v for Vendetta. Wonderful book. Wonderful book. And he also says, which is really cool, uh, consider lending them Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Now, this is a book which was actually, it was a part of the um, like free read huh. section in an old comic books in like Robin's Nest Comics in Aberystwyth, the uni I went to. They had this book for, that people could just read and check out. And I thought that was always cool because it can be intimidating, A, going into a comic book store, but starting off, so reading that, could sort of help you know get you going in that did debbie jackson have more or did she just get no debbie poor debbie jackson got all her thoughts and feelings stole by john jackson what are you gonna do you have to jump to those you have to jump get your comments in really quick but yeah um i'm i'm trying to think if there's more to say on this but um yeah all great thoughts and feelings there and i I totally agree with all them it's read that 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 book on trade-off yeah 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 i think some of these def- i'd definitely put them in because it'd be cool to do yeah. it cool to do a trade-off where it's a book neither of us have seen yeah so yeah. that could be something Let's in the that. future if you're keen on that please do let us know on facebook twitter and the youtube comment section on this vid and yeah that's messages of the multiverse we are going to have another one um at some point there's something that's happening over the summer that's you know going to mix things up but yeah that was messages in the multiverse for this issue and we're happy to have your thoughts if you want your thoughts heard facebook twitter youtube comment section just or shout at us no in the street. don't do that shout at me in the street i will instantly forget so you might have to write a post-it note and stick it on me and then i'll be on i'll be on the radio and i'll be like what's this on my arm oh someone wanted to leave a message okay i will read this message don't, out. don't put post-it notes on me you can put them on me that's fine I will regret saying that now. But yeah, messages is done. We're hanging up our phone. We're we're throwing our answer machine out the way until we we revisit it. And with that, that's the show. Guys, girls, geeks, well kind. Hope you've enjoyed it. We made it past 27 Club. Thank you for listening. We've had a fab time. We hope you have too. See you next week. Great Scott! It's been almost an hour. What the devil are they doing? Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Thanks for listening to Geek of the Week. Be sure to tune in next week. Same geek time, same geek channel. And if you want to follow us on social media, it's at GOTW Radio on Twitter. Search for Geek of the Week Radio Show on Facebook. And to listen again, it's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Geek of the Week Radio Show.